Right, if you have a Bible with you, if you want to find uh, the Gospel of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, we're going to be reading just a couple of verses from chapter 11 in a moment or so. Just in the build-up to Christmas, what we've been doing here is uh, using the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, as a bit of a, a platform for us to explore a little bit of what the Christmas story means and looking at uh, the character and the work of Jesus Christ. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing today. It wasn't actually supposed to be me speaking, it was supposed to be Michiel who was going to speak to us from the line in the song, Risen with Healing in His Wings. And, and ironically, Michiel is now unwell. <laughs> so he doesn't have any healing today. He's uh, uh, self-isolating due to COVID, but we will get him up on his feet in a few weeks' time, I'm sure. And you have the pleasure of hearing myself instead. So we're going to be looking at the verse from the carol, mild he lays his glory by. Uh, I won't sing it for you. I'm sure you are familiar with it. And we're going to read two verses from Matthew chapter 11 to help us. These are the words of Jesus. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those are two powerful, or three powerful verses. I'm just going to read them again. Just the second time as I read them, just, just take a moment and let these words just sink into your heart because these are words that we all need to hear. Jesus says to us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me pray. Jesus, we just want to come to you this morning and we want to bring all our, all our labors, all the, the load that we're carrying, all our tiredness and our weakness whatever we're feeling, whatever we're carrying, whatever burdens we feel we have we want to bring them all to you this morning Jesus and we want to come to you and we want to receive in exchange in the place of all of those things we want to receive your, your rest your rest that's your good news, your promise to us this morning I just pray as we look at these words and meditate on this bit of scripture, I pray you speak to us, Holy Spirit. I pray you would just impart your rest into our souls. That this morning that we would leave here today knowing your rest, your rest deep in our hearts. Amen. I was uh, reading a 
an article this week about how in South Korea, the government there are trying to build a, a contactless society, uh, partly motivated by COVID, but it was something that they were trying to do anyway, was to build a society which minimizes human contact more and more and more. And one of the things they've created are AI, artificial intelligence, cool bots. So for people who are self-isolating because of COVID, you just have this, this, I don't know, some kind of robot thing that will call you up and ask you a series of questions and check that you're okay. Which sounded very dystopian to me. I thought, I'm not sure I want a bot to call me up. In a sense, I read that article and was, I felt sad. It, it, that's, the, that's the solution we have for, for people who are struggling with being in isolation, perhaps struggling with mental health issues, perhaps struggling with loneliness, whatever's going on in their life, to decide the solution would be for a piece of AI, some kind of robot, some artificial intelligence to call people up, seemed perhaps to sum up the state of affairs over the last two years. We've, we've lived in what someone described to me recently as the longest year that 2020 and 2021 have just sort of merged together in this one long year. And yet, in that context, Jesus speaks to us and says, I will give you rest. And I think that's probably what a lot of us are feeling, whether you're here in the room, whether you're watching at home. We often feel this at the end of a year anyway, as December comes in and Christmas is approaching and we're stuck in the middle of bleak midwinter. We'd normally feel like this anyway, I think, but with the added pressure of COVID on our life and new variants, not knowing what the future holds, whether there'll be a way out, a lot of us this morning are probably feeling just very tired, very weary, just carrying the burden, the weight of life. So Jesus promised to us that I will give you rest is it's something we want, to, we want to grab hold of. We want to say, yes, I need that. I want that. But how? You know, how? How would, would Jesus go and sit on my Zoom meetings for work this week so I don't have to do them? Would Jesus go to my work Christmas party? Is he going to go and visit my crazy auntie at Christmas time? Is he going to have to do all the things that are making me feel tired right now? All the things that I don't want to do? Is Jesus going to do all those things for me? Well, no, but perhaps a good place for us to start would be for you to ask the question of why are you, why are you feeling tired? Like what's making you feel that way? If that's you here in the room this morning. Is it just all the things that you need to do? Is it just the busyness of life? Is it COVID? Is it, what, what, what is it? And I think you'll probably find that the things that, the things that normally really kind of eat away at our reserves of whatever's good in our hearts, it's normally not, it's not the tasks, the things in front of us or the people, it's the deeper things within us. It's the, it's the worry, it's the anxiety, it's the disappointment 
of crushed hopes and dreams of things that we've been excited about that aren't going to take place. It's, it's those things that often leave us feeling weary and tired. And when we begin to see the real reasons for why we're tired, we see the, the limitedness of our response. Because often when we're tired, we, we turn to things to re- re-energize us which are so limited in what they can achieve. And they might give us, they're not necessarily bad things, they might give you a sort of a temporary boost or a hit. You know, we do some exercise, we, we watch some Netflix, we read a book, we do something that makes us happy. They're all good things to do, but they're limited in what difference they can make to the rest we need that Jesus offers for our souls. I watched a video this week from, I don't know, you might have seen it, that uh, I think Google do it every year. They do a video exploring the search trends of the year. And the first one that appeared on this video was the question, how do I heal? The question that people have been asking through this year, how do I heal? And it strikes me that Google probably isn't the best place to go. You know, I use all sorts of Google products, you know, Google Docs, I have Android on my phone, but it's very limited in what it can achieve. It can't, it can't heal me. And so many of the places we turn to, to heal us of our tiredness, of our weariness, they're so limited in what they can achieve. And yet Jesus comes to us this morning and he offers you rest. He offers you rest for your soul that's his promise to you this morning now if you're here or if you're watching this and you're not a follower of Jesus you're probably thinking well surely Christianity is part of the problem all that Christianity does is put more demands on people all Christianity does is pile on is lays on guilt it lays on more things they have to do more things they have to make happen it lays on they got to placate this angry God maybe here if you're listening and you're a follower of Jesus you might think well I'm a Christian but I don't feel this rest this isn't the experience I'm living with is there something wrong with me am I, am I doing Christianity wrong that I feel tired still even though I follow Jesus what's, what's wrong with me you might ask but yet I know I'm laboring this point but it's important There is rest to be found in Jesus. That's his promise here in these words. I will give you rest. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. I've got three points that are going to help us to understand how we find this rest First of all, we have to see that this offer of rest from Jesus, it's linked to his character. This offer of rest from him is linked to who he is, to what he's, what he's like, and what he's like toward us. We often talk about what Jesus has done for us. We talk about the cross, his death, his life, his resurrection, and that's obviously Um, central to the Christian faith but what's as important is not just what Jesus has done for us but who he is what he's like 
what his character is like, how he acts, how he responds toward you. It's important. And this offer of rest from Jesus is it's linked to his character. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus gives us a little window into what he's like. A little picture, a glimpse of his heart. When you, when you really want to know someone, what you want to know, you want to see into their heart. You want to know what they feel, what they think. You know, you really want, if you really want to connect with someone at a deep level, you want to know what's, what's in their heart. What, what are they like? What are they really like? And Jesus gives us this glimpse here of what he's really like. This little window into his heart. And he says, I am gentle and lowly. Which comes back to this verse from the carol. Mild he lays his glory by. Jesus is mild. Which doesn't sound particularly amazing. I think mild and I think of cheese. You know. You, you want a strong cheese, a mature cheese. You don't want a mild cheese. That's bland. It's kind of moderate. It's mild suggests lacking in power. Mild suggests ordinary. But Jesus is none of those things. To say he's mild doesn't mean he lacks power. If you read these, these letters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... If you read the story of Jesus' life, you'll see many examples of Jesus being very assertive, of Jesus saying some incredibly harsh, direct things to people, of Jesus speaking with authority, of Jesus speaking with power. He didn't lack any of those things. But what he's saying to us in his heart, there's this, this mildness, this humility, this gentleness gentleness see because gentleness perhaps the best way to, de to define it would be not being concerned with your own importance even though Jesus is the son of God as we sing mild he lays his glory by he wasn't concerned with his own importance he didn't come to just sort of show off it talks about in Philippians chapter 2 who though he was in the form of God he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Jesus wasn't concerned with marching around displaying how amazing he was in the way that we would like to do. We like to display our power. We like to display in the limited moments, the limited aspects of life that we do have some authority. We want to show it off. We want to yield it. We want to display our power, our strength, and those things are often seen as virtues in our world. To be strong, to be self-sufficient, to be capable. 
But in the kingdom of God, it's, it's gentleness, which becomes greatness. And Jesus encourages us to live with that gentleness in our hearts, in our lives. And I'd suggest to you this morning to try it. Try living a life of gentleness. And when you begin to lean into that, you'll find it will transform. If you're a parent, parent your children with gentleness. Doesn't mean you just let them get their own way all the time. But in how you discipline them, how you love them, how you guide them, how you teach them, how you say no to them, how you say yes to them. There's gentleness in your heart. How you respond to them, it would transform that situation. In your workplace, what would it look like in your workplace if you were gentle with your colleagues, with the people around you? Again, it doesn't mean you just let yourself be walked over all the time, that you're the person that gets overlooked for everything. You're the person that never gets promoted because you're just the nice person in the corner. But if you approach situations in your workplace with gentleness, not being concerned with your own importance, seeking to love and serve others. In your marriage, in your family life, in the church, gentleness is commended to us again and again. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's one of the things we're supposed to grow in in our lives. In a church context where we're looking for leaders, there's a couple of lists in Titus and Timothy and in the list in Titus, it's gentleness is at the core of it. That's what we look for in leaders, elders in the church. It's not people who are sort of strong and powerful. No, not at all. People who are gentle, who really love people, who are really concerned for them and their welfare, not concerned with building their own platform or status. And the Jesus we come to he's gentle towards you perhaps you haven't perhaps you've not really experienced that perhaps in your home in your family life where you've been parented your mum and dad perhaps you've not experienced that gentleness but that's the gentleness you receive when you when you come to Jesus he's gentle toward you again and again and again that's his posture that's his heart towards his people and this offer of rest it's linked to his character but it also this offer of rest involves us taking up his yoke it says here verse 29 take my yoke upon you and learn from me it goes on to say in verse 30 for my yoke is easy and my burden is light See here, we we begin to find our answer here. How do I find find rest? How? What does that look like? You see, because whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, all of us live with, I guess you could call it like a religious impulse in our heart. All of us, all the time, we are... Perhaps a better way to describe it, but we were all seeking, we're all searching for perhaps love or 
something beyond ourselves. You find it in the way you might. Perhaps you take a kind of a romantic delight in creation. You want to get out. You want to see the mountains, the rivers. And when you see it, it's like, wow. Perhaps it's like you want to do things that give you a sense of transcendence, a sense of wonder, a sense of something beyond yourself. Perhaps it's in how you want to pursue happiness in your life. There's a desire in all of us to be happy, to find joy, to find fulfillment. And that impulse within you is a very religious thing. Because that's how we're all hardwired. That's how we're engineered. We're made to be worshippers. That's how God's created you. Whether you acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior or not, it's in your DNA, it's how you've been made. But what happens is this religious impulse, what we do to try and meet it, is we begin to build into our life all sorts of religious structures and habits, practices, rituals, all sorts of things we do. We think, oh, maybe, maybe exercise. Maybe I'll go to the gym, I'll run, I'll jog. That will, if I can get myself healthy and fit, that'll make me happy. But then we have to build in all sorts of structures to make that work. Or, or maybe it's, you think, more well, money. If I could just have some more money in my life, that'll make me happy. But then to achieve that, you obviously have to do lots of things. Lots of things are required of you to get to that place, to fulfill that dream. And you'll find that the more you try, the more you try and perform, the more structures you put in place, the further away you feel all of the time from actually achieving that goal that you want. It's like if you go to the bank, if you go to the bank and you ask to withdraw all the money in your account, you can have it. Maybe you've got 10 euros, 100 euros, 10,000 euros. If you have it in your account, they'll give it to you. They might grumble because they don't want you to take all your money out, but you can take it. You can have the cash in hand, you can walk away. But if you go to the bank and you say, I actually don't have any money, I've only got a little bit, but can you give me you know, a big amount, 10,000 euros, can you give me some money? Now, they may still give you some, but it'll be a loan. He won't cast you out. He won't abandon you. If you're his child, his son or daughter, he loves you unconditionally over and over and over again. And all we have to do is to come to him. 
and not come to him and bring just stuff like, look, Jesus, look what I've done. Isn't this good? We just come and adore him. We just come and receive his love, receive his forgiveness. And when we come to Jesus, it's not like, it's not like when you go for your COVID test, Jesus is not dressed in PPE. He's not behind a visor and a screen. A few, back in the summer, there was a crayfish that wandered past our front door. And my kids went out and they're all trying to pick up this crayfish. I don't, you know, I don't know if you've seen the little things that come out of the canals. And how our kids do it is you, you pick it up and you hold it as far away from you as possible and you scream. And I thought, I'll show them. You know, we don't need to pick up and scream. But then I went to touch it and it kind of gets this little pincers out and it looks at you. And I'm, they're really scary when you get up close. But that's not how Jesus is with us. He doesn't hold us at arm's length. He's not behind some kind of visor or screen. He just, he welcomes you into his tender embrace. He welcomes you into the gentleness, the loneliness of his heart. You see, because there's always more mercy in Christ than there is sin in you. No matter what you're feeling, it's always sunny in the kingdom of God now. Whatever loneliness, sadness, tiredness you're feeling, his reserves of grace are just so plentiful toward you, just again and again and again. And the heavier the load that we come, what comes in with, the more the labor, the more the burdens we carry the bigger the grace we receive and that would be our encouragement to you this morning whatever you're carrying whatever you've got that you think I just can't how could I possibly bring this to Jesus I just I can't well you you can you can bring it all to him and he'll give you rest He'll exchange all of that with his forgiveness, his kindness toward you, and welcome you into his warm embrace. I'm going to pray for us, and then Jess is going to come and lead us in communion. Why don't you just stand to your feet, if you're happy to do that. If you're watching from home, you can do whatever you want, I guess. You can stand if you would like. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we, uh, we know that you are a, a holy God. It's not that you just sort of have brushed aside our sin. It's not that you've just sort of chosen to ignore those issues, but you've, you've dealt with them once and for all on the cross. That your anger, the wrath of God, has been placated now. And that your heart towards us is one of forgiveness. That even when we sin, you don't, you don't look at it. It doesn't like stir up your anger afresh. You, you, if anything, what's in your heart will just be a, a sense of loving pity toward us. 
And it doesn't matter what situation we're in this morning that we can come to you. And not to show off our work, not to try and win your favor, but we can just come to you exactly as we are. Nothing hidden. We can just come and bring everything into your light. And we can, we can just come and adore you. We can just come and say, oh, look how amazing Jesus is. And each of us this morning can just come and receive that gentleness, that loneliness afresh. And in that place, in that place, we find rest. I just want to pray that for all our brothers and sisters here this morning and watching at home. That just, Holy Spirit, you would just breathe rest. Just right into the all the tiredness, the weariness, the frustrations, the disappointments, the regrets, the sin, the failures, the mistakes, the busyness, the labor, the heavy loads. That you just breathe your grace into us again. You just show us the fullness of your heart toward us and that we would find your deep rest in that place.